Howdy friends, I'm Molly, your host, and I want to welcome you to the No Boundaries International Podcast. So this podcast is meant to be used as a tool to help equip you in your walk with Jesus in the areas of restoration, training, and outreach. And it's going to be super, super fun because we're going to do this by using a combination of exploring biblical principles and then also taking a closer look at concepts found in our Journey of Restoration CPR e-course. And then we're going to have tons and tons of discussion surrounding what it means to really follow Jesus in these areas. And I'm really, really excited about today's episode because it's super sweet and super close to our heart because we are kicking off a mini series that comes right out of a devotional that was written by our very own Dr. Tracy Rogers. And what makes this so neat and special is that Dr. Tracy is the executive director of our No Boundaries International Amarillo base. So she has led the team there for almost 10 years now. But before No Boundaries, Dr. Tracy served as a children's pastor and has been in vocational ministry for 24 years. Talk about experience. So she has a master's degree in theology with a focus in Christian counseling, and she's a doctorate in sacred studies. She loves people really, really well and carries a heart to see those stuck in the life of human trafficking set free and living into their God-given design. She has traveled both nationally and internationally, bringing her expertise to various populations in need of help. And then joining us today, of course, we're going to have our co-founder and vice president with us as per usual, Sandy Orchard. So welcome, you guys. Hello. Hi. Are you as excited as I am? Yes. Yes, for sure. (laughs) So before we dive into the meat of today's episode, where we're going to be talking about our relationship with Jesus... What we want to know, Dr. Tracy, is how did you get here? Like, you're leading a ministry, you're writing devotionals. How did you get here? You know, it's really funny because I was um, on staff at a church and a woman came up to me and basically said, God is trying to tell you something. And I'm like, about human trafficking. And I said, oh, no, it could be you. And she was like, no, no, I've already prayed about it. I know he's telling you something. And she turned around and left me standing there. And so so then I found this organization called No Boundaries International in Oklahoma City. And I took a team of ladies there to see if we could get on board as a church. Or so I thought. Right. (laughs) And within a few hours, it was abundantly clear that Jesus was calling me to come home, quit my job, and start the Amarillo base. Wow. Wow. And at that point, I thought I had lived my life in faith and trusting Him, but that He took me instantly into a whole new level of living by faith. Yeah, it's deeper. Yes. I mean, if you're going to, in the span of what, an hour? Yeah. Like, go ahead and decide that you're going to quit your job and start an Amarillo No Boundaries International. Like, that's wild. Yeah, and I had no idea what I was doing. I remember asking a friend, I don't know what it's like. I don't, I don't know how to help people where they're at because I grew up kind of like a princess. I mean, I kind of had a storybook childhood (laughs) and this particular person looked at me and said, but you know how to love people. And Mm. that's what Jesus needs. Wow. But you were still kind of terrified. I was still kind of terrified. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, my husband was super afraid because I really didn't 
pay attention to my surroundings. I really didn't know where I was at half the time. Yeah. You mean so, like when you drive in the car? Yeah, anytime. <laughs> Ever. Where are we right now? <laughs> right. Just kidding. Well, you somehow managed to get past all the fear, right? I did pretty quickly, praise God. Yeah. Only supernaturally because I had to really trust in Him. Yeah. And that's why I think why I love that you wrote this Devo is because it really does come right out of your heart. Mm-hmm. Like it comes right out of the experience of walking with him and talking with him and knowing Jesus because only someone who's done that would drop everything and let him radically change your life like that. I mean, you went from children's pastor to human trafficking advocate in the span of an hour. Like, <laughs> Only someone who's really walked this out for a minute can do that. Yes. And so I love that. And so for today's episode, we're going to start off with Sandy reading an excerpt out of your devotional um, that we're really going to be looking at today is our relationship with Jesus. So this is going to be from part one where you're really inviting the readers to examine where they're at in relationship with Christ. So Sandy, will you go ahead and read that excerpt? Sure. And also just to clarify, um, so we're going to have, as Nobody's International is going to have that devotional, it's going to be housed within the Journey of Restoration CPR style e-course that we have. It'll be on there, but it'll also be on our website. So there's a couple different ways to find it. Um, And we just want to be able to give this out freely to people so it'll kind of help them in their walk with Jesus. Yeah. So, okay. So, um, so we're going to be reading the devotional. And so it starts off as you reflect and examine your relationship. Let's first look at what a relationship is. Relationship means the way in which two or more concepts, objects, or people are connected or the state of being connected, the way in which two or more people or groups regard and behave toward each other. Notice that a relationship is two or more. It's not just one sided. There's too many times we get caught up in leading people to Christ, forgetting to teach them to walk with Him daily, minute by minute. Obviously, we want to lead people to Christ. We can't just stop there. So the scripture is clear. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. But that's not enough for me. I'm so thankful for my salvation. However, I was created for relationship. I wasn't created to just have salvation. There's so many promises throughout the Word that we miss out on if we, if we don't have a relationship. So let's take a look at just a few of God's promises. So it says in Isaiah 41.10, Don't be afraid, for I'm with you. Don't be discouraged, for I'm your God. I'll strengthen you and will help you, and I'll hold you up with my victorious right hand. And then it says in Deuteronomy 31.8, Don't be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He'll be with you. He'll never fail you or abandon you. And then the last one is John eight thirty six, and it says, So if the Son sets you free, you're truly free. So relationships take time and effort. My husband and I have been married over 20 years. Daily, we're still learning new things about each other. Our relationship will only grow or only go stronger if we spend time together. Did you know Jesus wants to have a relationship with you? So let's be real. All three members of the Trinity want a relationship with you. God the Father... God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The world today doesn't really encourage that. It's all about how fast we can get to our destination rather than building relationships and enjoying the journey. So think about it for a moment. If you don't believe 
if you don't believe me, just observe what you see at the store next time that, that there's a long line. People don't embrace the stillness. Rather, they're frustrated when they're having to wait. Still unsure? Watch the crowd at the airport when the flight is delayed. We, we know the airline isn't delaying the flights to slow us down, but typically it's for our safety. Safety from weather or even safety to make a repair to the aircraft. Still, nobody is interested in that. Rather, they just want to get to their destination. Now look at that through a spiritual lens. There's no question our destination, which is heaven, is our ultimate gift. But I don't want to miss out on the journey. God wants our love and devotion along the way. He has great, abundant things for us along the trip. On a marquee at a church were the words, God wants to know you. That sign wasn't really speaking truth, but rather confusing the truth. God already knows each one of us, and he wants us to know him. Ah, that's so good. And it's so, I mean, it's so relevant and just speaks to where we are at as a society in relationship with that mindset of just going throughout our day and not even really talking to the people around us. And I like how you said, like, he wants to know, he wants us to know him, like, and not just in the way that we know about him, but where we know him and experience. And when I think about this, I mean, it's kind of like, I can tell you, Sandy, that I know Sandy. And if I told you I know Sandy and just described her, like, okay, she's got brown hair, she's wearing glasses, she likes the color orange, her, she wears fun socks all the time, a lot of times with sandals, <laughs> <laughs> making a fashion statement. Yeah, today I have my, uh, I forget what, I have the socks with the, what are those oh, things? Oh, wow. Are those little birthday squigglies? Yeah. Well, I had like birthday socks on, yes. Yes, she has birthday socks on, and today is not her birthday. <laughs> But I can tell you all these things about Sandy, and then that doesn't really actually speak to how well I know her. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's different when I say, I've spent time with Sandy. I have traveled with Sandy on countless occasions. I know what her character is like under pressure. I know how she responds when she's tired and hungry and overwhelmed. I know her in that, and I know what she's like in those moments. And then I also know then on the times that I've needed advice or needed to seek wise counsel, what she's spoken to my heart, you know, and the things that she said to me that have carried me or through the next season of life or in my growth with Jesus. And that's very different. So knowing her in experience versus knowing about her are two very different things. But with the Lord, I think a lot of times we'll say, we know Jesus, meaning we can tell you about him, but man, I can't tell you what he's done in me or through me or what he's spoken to me. And people will walk walk around their whole lives not ever having the experience of him. But a relationship with Christ that isn't grounded in experience isn't one that's grounded in reality. It won't stand the test of time. It'll fail because you haven't built that relationship up. And so Tracy, in your in your Devo, you say in there that we don't know the full promises of God outside of relationship. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Well, I just think about even in the scripture that talks about, you know, that don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. How can we not be afraid if we don't 
have that relationship. If it's just somebody we know of and we we don't trust because we only know of them. Yeah. But when we know them and we spend time with them, then we can we can learn to really truly trust them. You know, and <clears throat> I love Isaiah 55 where it says you will live in joy and peace. Mm, mm-hmm. And he's talking about when we have that relationship and that salvation in God, that we have that joy and peace, but it takes that intimate time together, not just, dear Jesus, help me today. Amen. And we get up and we go on about our day and yeah. we've not given him an opportunity to speak into our lives. Yeah. And it's different. Like whenever you say, okay, don't be afraid. But then Tracy, I can look at you and you can tell me all the things he's done to help you not be afraid. Mm-hmm. Or you can say, man, when I really needed peace in this moment, here's how he showed up. Man, when I needed joy, here's what he spoke to me. And that is very different. It's just very different. Absolutely. But that's so good. Some people equate it to like going to a restaurant and you you read the menu and you've gone to the restaurant like for days. I mean sequentially or maybe it's you know every other week or whatever so like you know the menu you can memorize the menu you've read about the the poblano peppers on the taco mm-hmm. and you read about the meat being grilled really nicely with the grilled onions and the queso on top and are you trying to make us hungry <laughs> exactly but um and so you know a lot of people compare that to the bible you read the bible you read all about jesus but like going back into the restaurant analogy is like you know the menu backwards and forwards but you never order the food Ooh. and you never experience the food and you never taste the food is, you know, is what the food uh, tastes like and how you experience that compared to the menu and relating those two. It's like, you know, the menu really well, but you never experience the actual food. And mm-hmm. so a lot of, well, it just, you know, it's been this, you know, a really good analogy is that you, you read all about Jesus, but you never partake of him. Yeah. You never enter into that relationship where you're having that dialogue with him every day and really getting to know, like you had described, your relationship to me, you know how that, like, how they, how we think, yeah, our heart, our character, our nature. Mm-hmm. So, and so, like, okay, so Sandy, then talk a little bit about like, so it kids, it's nice, right? It's not just that this relationship with Jesus is like a nice thing to have, but it's actually what we're born for. Yeah, it's what we we're created, created for. for. Yeah, yeah, because it says like, because everybody who knows me on a personal level knows I'm kind of a. Bible We're going to say and, Bible geek a hundred percent through and through. <laughs> and it's, you know, and one of my favorite books in the Bible is Genesis because it's really foundational. <laughs> it really reflects a lot about who God is, his nature, but it also reflects about us. And so it says in Genesis 127, in his image, we were made in his image. So we've been made uh, with these attributes of God, like ingrained in us. It's in our DNA. It's in our character. It's how, is, how he designed us. And so he, from the very beginning, back in Genesis, he put Adam and Eve in the garden and he gives them all this beautiful vegetation, all the fruit and all the things to eat. And it's this amazing place. So he blesses them physically, but he's there every single day and he has these conversations with them. You can just tell from the way the story goes that it's like um, he's done that repeatedly. He has this, he goes to them every day. So he provides for them relationally. And that's what he wants. He wants to have that relationship with him. And it was a perfect um, lifestyle. And that's where he really wants to get us back to. He wants to get us back to that that sort of scenario where we're in a constant relationship with him. 
And even then, it, it continues all through the Bible talking about relationship with God, relationship with Jesus. And it even ends in Revelation 3, uh, 20, where it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and eat and that person uh, with that person and they'll be with me. And so, you know, the whole I'll come in and eat with you, that's a relational word. Because mm-hmm. like, it's like sitting down at the dinner table and you're having dinner with somebody and you're interacting with them and you're, you're um, trying to understand who they are and, and their personality and their heart. And, you know, the Bible is a Middle Eastern Jewish book and it was written by Hebrew authors, Jewish authors. And even back then in, in, in biblical days, the, uh, and I think it's still true uh, with our recent trip, we recently, several months ago, went to the Middle East. And when you, the, the highest compliment you can pay to a person in the Middle Eastern culture is when you invite them into dinner and you have dinner with them. It's a sit down and you start conversing with people and really beginning to know who they are and, and, and how their heart interacts and stuff. And you really begin to know that person on a deep level at the dinner table. And that's the sort of little picture here where it says, Jesus says, oh, I'm going to come in and eat with that person. I want to be friends with that person and get and, and for that relationship to go deeper. That's so good. And I think um, if we're created for that, and then you have the fall, right, where they're separated, where Adam and Eve are separated, and all of humanity is separated from God. But then if we can even just take a minute and reflect on the links that God went to to restore relationship with us, that's what that was the point of the cross was to make us to where we could commune with our Father in heaven freely. And if we look at um, Philippians 2 verses 7 and 8 talking about Jesus, it says, He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. All of this, he did all of this so that we could have relationship restored. And if we can just take a minute and really think that the God of the universe chose to put on the servanthood and be confined to a human flesh so that he could lay down his life in service to us. And then I like how it says, um, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, meaning he put on servanthood. He didn't take anything off. He didn't take off his deity. He's still fully God. And yet he let his fully Godness be submitted and confined to the form of a human. Like, My brain can't comprehend that just so that we could be restored to him so that he could die and raise again. And it's crazy. Like my brain can't comprehend that deep mystery of God. And yet I can still fully know him. Like, what is this? Like, how is this the gospel? Or how do we have a creator that is so for our hearts and so wants to be with us that he would go to those great links? And I just can't, I mean, I'm just thankful. And so Tracy, in the, in the Devo, you talk about how real relationship is so counterculture to this world that we live in right now. You know what I mean? Like where we pass people every day on our way to get what we want, when we want it and how we want it. And we'll never even glance up at them, you know, let alone strike up a conversation unless you're us and we talk to everyone. (laughs) But (laughs) How many people 
then also do that in their walk with the Lord. And where does that actually get them? You know what I mean? And then, and then when we do that, we'll start blaming God for things because we come, we become so discouraged Mm -hmm. and we don't actually know him. Well, and I think so many look at that relationship with God and they compare it to a relationship here on earth. And, Mm -hmm. you know, because we're so many times we're busy and we'll say, Hey, how are you? And we keep walking. Yeah. We never even give them a chance to answer. And if they catch us and they answer, then we're kind of almost bothered because we have things to do. Yeah. And so we, we think subconsciously, we think that, okay, that's how Jesus is going to be. If we, he doesn't really want to hear how we are. Yeah. You know, and, but he really desires that relationship. And he, he says that we're worth it because he went through all of that because he thought we were, we were worth it. Yeah. You know, and he did it knowing that we were going to struggle, knowing that we were going to struggle to listen to him, struggle to believe in him, struggle to trust him, struggle to even just want a relationship with him. Yeah. And he still did it. And like, how many times is it just so, if you say that we, a lot of times we'll compare our relationship with Jesus to our earthly relationships and how that can quickly go into just transactional Mm -hmm. or like, if I do this, then you'll do this. Or like, if I say, Hey, how are you? And you just say, fine. And then like, you say the right things and we have this whole conversation that's just like, how are you? Good. How are you? Great. All right. Have a great day. Bye. Like, but we don't ever actually have a meaningful conversation. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's almost like the, remember well, you're too young. Remember the game show, <laughs> Let's Make a Deal. You know? I know Let's Make a Deal. Oh, good. <laughs> but you know, it's kind of that that same scenario. What's in it for me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what can I trade in to get something even better? Mm. Yeah. yeah. And what a weird way to have a relationship. Yeah. Yeah, that's not. I mean, it feels really like if I was on the receiving end of that relationship, it would feel very like I'm being used. You yeah. Know? Like if I just went up to you, Sandy, and was just like, here's what I want and mm-hmm. here's like what I need. And how are you going to go ahead and meet all of these needs right now? Yes. Yeah. And uh, if you don't meet those needs, I'm going to pick up my out toys. Of there. Yeah. yeah. Or now it's your fault. <laughs> like. Right. Well, it's really unfortunate that like. Um, you know, we base things on our, our human experience. And, and so sometimes our experience makes that filter that mm-hmm. we see God through. Mm-hmm. And we make a lot of judgments through that when in fact, we really don't know his heart. You know, we don't really know how his heart operates or what he thinks or what's important to him or, you know, and he's the creator of the universe. He has, a, he has some things he has set in motion and we are like, don't even want to half the time know what those things are. And so yeah. it's unfortunate that as, as humans that we've done that. And that's part of the challenge of getting past that, to have a real deep relationship with them. Saying so to talk about, I know like whenever you read the Bible, what is it that you do? Like, Yeah. So, you know, I grew up in a Christian household, um, knew uh, Jesus early on, but it was you know, my perception of it was that it was more like you, you do the good things and it becomes a kind of a checkbox. And one of the things they tell you in discipleship is that, Hey, you need to read your Bible, you know, mm-hmm. and which is, a, which is true. You do need to, but it, for me, it became more of a checkbox, checkbox thing. And, and I knew about Jesus kind of like the menu and the restaurant thing. I knew yeah. about Jesus, but I really didn't know him personally very well. 
And so I ran across a verse and I can't even remember where it is, but it's in the, in the old Testament and it talks and it may be in Deuteronomy, but I can't remember. It talks about, you know, take the word and talk about it, talk about it on your journeys, talk about it with your kids, talk about it when you sit down, talk about it when you, you know, all the different scenarios of life, talk about it amongst mm-hmm. yourselves. And I started thinking about it and I was like, we so do not do that. Yeah. We don't do that. It's like, uh, if, I'm in, if I'm in check checkbox mode, then I'm, I'll am i read it for 10 minutes in the morning and then I do it in church on Sunday and that's it. Yeah. I'm not talking about it. And if I'm if he's telling me to talk about it, it must be really important. And so one of the things, well, you know, I realized there was something wrong with how I'm reading the Bible. And so I decided I really like, like if I had somebody that who was super important to me, um, like whether it's somebody I want to get married to or a best friend or whatever, early on in that relationship, the way my thinking is, is I want to know everything about you. Mm -hmm. I want to know how you think. I want to know what's important to you. I want to know your your favorite color. I want to know your heart. I want to, you know, what do you think about blah, blah, blah. And I haven't done that with Jesus. And so I started, I decided to read the Bible differently with a different lens that I wanted to see his heart. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see God's heart. I wanted to see Jesus's heart. Like, why did he do that? And a lot of why questions don't get answered. But when you look at it for like, what's his intention or what's his heart or what's the emotion? And so when I started looking for his emotion and looking for his heart as I read it, it changed everything. Yeah. Because then I realized that Jesus, and this is a poor wording, but Jesus is, is a, a real person. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's more than a person, but I mean, like, it's the real deal. He's got emotions. He's got, he's vastly, like, exponentially more intelligent than, than I am, and he's supernatural, and he has uh, things that are important to him. And, you know, I, I, like, all the attributes that we want to know about the most important person in our lives, and that you know, that sort of context, I want to take that with Jesus. So I, it changed everything when I started reading the Bible like that. And he wants to share that with us. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that changed I mean, he gave his everything. life so that we would know him like that. Yeah. Ugh. So then if we've established, okay, so we've established that he wants relationship with us. So Sandy, will you read just another excerpt from the relationship portion? But this is going to be from part two. And so Tracy, this is like the part of the Devo where you have readers look at what comes out of them when they're under the pressures of this world. So go ahead, Sandy. Okay. So have you ever thought about how easy it is to spend time enjoying Jesus when things are going well? Oftentimes, that's not really true. Most would say, oh yeah, but it's been my experience that we have three groups of believers when it comes to being squeezed. Group number one, they forget to spend time with him when life is going well, so that so then when trouble comes... They're trying to search for their armor because they haven't hidden his word in their hearts and they lash out, causing damage and even turning to violence like drinking, harsh words, anger, etc. Group two has a superficial relationship, meaning they might spend time with them by reading the word, memorizing scripture and uh, praying. And that sounds wonderful, but they read the word and memorize it out of duty, not out of love or desire. They pray uh, not out of worship, but out of telling God what they need. Never really experiencing, uh, not never really expecting Him to move. And for this group, when they're squeezed, they respond by blaming God, withdrawing, becoming depressed, and are anxious. Then there's group number three. This group is in the Word, applying the Word to their life, praying with expectation, praying for deeper revelation, praying to see where He's working and listening. And when this group is squeezed, they respond on their knees. 
the part that comes out is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. So which group would you fall into today? The reason why why I say today is because you might jump around from group to group until the day you can stand strong in group number three. We aren't perfect, and we're always going to have the relationship we want, have to have the relationship we want, but I'd much rather spend my life striving for that relationship rather than just holding on until my day of salvation reaches its final destination. Ooh, that's so good. And it kind of goes out along with what we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. But Tracy, here's what I want to know. As in, how do people's behaviors indicate where they are in their relationship with Christ? Well, Molly, I think it's it's just pretty evident. I mean, it, even in James, he talks about, you know, to show me your faith by your works, yeah. you know, and because what, what we do is um, a result of what's inside of us. Yeah. And when we respond to trauma or to trials and it yuck comes out, yeah, that's because that's what's inside of us. That's what we're thinking on. That's the, that's the life we're really living because in that instant of, for some shock, of whatever just happened, we don't have time to put on a mask. We don't have time to pretend Mm -hmm. that we've got it all together because in that moment of, oh, something just happened. It's chaos. It's just chaos. And so if we're going to respond with whatever is really deep inside of us. Mm -hmm. Is that the scripture that's um, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks? Yeah. So you get a little squeeze in there, something hard happens, and then the real you comes out. Yes. Yeah, and that's why you'll know, I mean, they say that you'll know the tree by its fruit. By its fruit, yeah. Yes. And so if you have a good fruit, if that's what's coming out, all those fruit of the Spirit, then you know it's because you've been abiding in the good tree. That's right. You know, oh, Sandy, it all goes back to the garden. The trees. <laughs> the, the trees, trees in the garden. <laughs> there we go, back to Genesis. Yeah. Exactly. Every time. And I like how you mentioned James. James is probably one of my favorite books of the Bible right now. Um Cause man, it like, it steps on your toes. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it calls you higher. If you want to mature in your faith and go read James. And I know in James one, he's like, don't try to get out of anything prematurely, right? right? Like you use whatever the circumstance is to let it edify you under pressure and let it purify you so that you'll mature. Right. And I know before, like if pressure would have come or any kind of conflict or anything, my goal or my response was not, I'm going to operate in the fruit of the Spirit. Mine was, I'm going to get out of this yeah. prematurely. Escapist yeah. mentality. Then. Yeah, yes. I'm going to get out of here. Like, this has been real. Bye. But there's something about when you stand planted and you plant into the Lord and you say, no, I'm going to stay because in relationship, I'm going to know you yes. in this. Well, and it's all about what we're looking at. You know, yeah. I can remember people would make fun of me because something would happen and I'm like, oh. God really wants to move because did you see what just happened? <laughs> you know, um, a dumpster ended up in the side of my car one day and I'm like, oh, what is God going to do? Wow. You know, and, yes. and people would make fun of me and they would always say that was a gift. And I agreed, but it's just been over the last few months that God's really shown me that it is a gift, but it's a gift he wants everybody to have. Yeah, It's not like you're the one special selected person. No, we could all have that perspective if we just look for where God is moving instead of trying to blame him for what he's not doing. For all the things he's not doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then Sandy, what happens when 
It's like, what's the danger of professing Christ, but then not actually having the fruit of following him in relationship? Well, the challenge in that is that you're not authentic. And, mm-hmm. you know, all through the word, um, all through the Bible, God wants us to be authentic. He wants us to be changed from the inside out and not just like slapping on some good manners or uh, or putting on a mask or whatever, or putting on our best face for everyone to see. Yeah. But he wants us to be really, truly changed from the inside out. And really, he's the only one that can do that. We have to say yes to that invitation of allowing him to change us, but he's He's the only one that can totally change us from the inside out. And it has to be inside out. And so when you hear those stories of like uh, the husband is mean to the wife or abusive or I mean, like it should not be it shouldn't change when you go home behind a a door. You know, it's supposed to be real where you love the person in front of you, whether you're with them 24-7 as like a family member or whether it's somebody you just meet occasionally or in the church or at work or whatever. It's supposed to be authentic where it just naturally comes out of you. And again, it goes back out of the, you know, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you're changed from the inside out, the way Christ wants to change you, it's real. It's going to, it's going to overflow. And, and that's what he wants. He wants Jesus wants the the true you, the yeah. way he created you. And he wants to change that, not some kind of mask or false perception or like yeah. some like pretty thing that you're putting on so people will think you're a Christian. He, he wants it like he wants the real deal. And when it's real, it'll impact every area of your life. Mm-hmm. But that's where it's like you get people. I mean, even in within our society today that will profess the Lord then like you said, Sandy, we'll go home and not live it out yeah, or not walk it out. But, you know, and the other challenge in that is, is especially people that comes from a really religious background, like, like I used to come, you can sometimes look at that and you're like, oh man, I have no hope. It's like, he wants perfection. I am, man, I mean, I, I I just can't do that. And that's true. You really can't on your own. You have to have Christ within you to be able to change like that. But even in, I mean, even when you mess up, and even if it's every day you mess up, the point is you you realize, yeah, I kind of messed that up. I shouldn't have done that. And you're honest with God and you come to him instead of running away, which is also goes back to the garden when Adam and Eve hid from God. <laughs> of course it does, Sandy. Of course it does. And um, But so he wants us to be able to look at the mistakes that we ha- have made and not just sit in that shame and condemnation and run from him and try to hide it and cover it up with some good you know, maybe some good deeds or something, but he wants us to be able to come to him authentically and say, yeah, I really messed this up. I, you know, I need your forgiveness. And I ask that you help me in this area. And he will. That's the beauty of, that's the beauty of a a walk with Christ is that he wants to help you in the thing. He doesn't just throw a book at you and say, here's the rules. Hope you can follow them. Well, Mm -hmm. it doesn't do that. He gave us life. He gives us everything that we need, everything about him. He gives to us. If we turn and look to that. And if we choose to ask him for help and ask him and, and draw on him. Cause it's not meant to be just a religion. No. It's not no. like, it's not ever supposed to be that. That was <clears throat> never the design. Religion's not relationship. Yeah. And religion will wear you just wear you out. Yes. But I like seeing when you said like, we have to bring it all to the table and yeah. authenticity. And I know that we say around here all the time, you can't crucify what you cover. Like God doesn't work with the mask and with the right. false self. Like he, he won't deal with that. Yeah. 
And then I know in our, um, it reminds me of our journey of restoration e-course when Dr. Lori's talking about cognitive dissonance mm-hmm. and how it does brain damage. So like you say this thing out loud, but on the inside, you're feeling something completely different. Like that it will actually cause brain damage. Cause brain damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's wild to me to think about. So let's go ahead and keep, keep trucking along. Um, so Sandy, will you read this next excerpt that talks about the things that we think about and how the things that we think about reflects our relationship with Jesus? Yeah, that's super important. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it says, do you ever catch yourself daydreaming? Well, of course we all do that. But did you, did you know that even things that we think on can affect our day? God knew our minds are an incredible thing. I mean, he created it. He also knew that we could get caught up thinking the things that we shouldn't. And that's why he gives us a list of things that we can think on, followed up with an explanation of why we're to think on those things. So it says in Philippians 4, 8, and 9, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thought on what is true, honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think, on, uh, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all that you've learned and received from me, everything that you've heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. It's going to take time, but you really can train your brain to think on those things. And if you change your brain, you change your life. So renew your mind. Don't copy the, and then Romans 12, 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform, transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know what God's will for you is, what is good and pleasing and perfect. I like how in the Philippians one, I don't know why I'm just seeing this, but the like, then the God of peace will be with you. If you mm-hmm. think on these things, then the that's a promise. Then the mm-hmm. God of peace will be with you. Mm-hmm. So how we submit then our thoughts in relationship to the Lord is incredibly critical to our walks. Mm-hmm. And so then Tracy, how does... How does what we think on show us where we are in relationship? Well, it kind of goes back to that, you know, when you're squeezed, what comes out? Yeah. Because whatever we're thinking on is is how we're going to respond. Yeah. Is, you know, you create these scenarios and you create this um, image in your mind. And whatever you're thinking on, that's what you're going to see. Yeah. You know, if you're looking for... Um, a demon behind every bush, you're going to find it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if we're walking in the room and saying, okay, Jesus, where are you? What are you mm-hmm. doing? You know, I'm going to, what's truth in this situation? What is, what did I really hear? Mm-hmm. You know, instead of assuming everything is bad and, and, and focusing on the negative, which is kind of what we're yeah. trained to do. Right. To per- for self-preservation, mm-hmm. when if we th- are truly a new creation and we, we want to look at Jesus for that self-preservation, it's going to change how we think and what we see and, and yeah. how we respond to things. Mm-hmm. Or if we really are trusting Him and if we really do know Him experientially, then our thoughts will automatically start going in His direction. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's neat that then we can actually train our brains to go in that direction. So it's not because it's suddenly one day you wake up and you're thinking all the things about God, but you have to make that 
You have to be intentional. Choice. Yeah. Yes. Which that's why, like, Sandy. So, like, what happens when people are say, like, the I just don't feel like yeah. it today, or my feelings don't match. Yeah. Like, I can't think about that because I don't feel like it. Yeah. So, well, you know, I'm sure everybody's heard it throughout their life. Somebody says, "Why, well, you know, I just, I just don't feel like doing that today," or. um you know, I can't, that's just who I am. Like mm-hmm. how I'm feeling right now, that's just how I, I was made and that's just who I am. In other words, what they're really saying is like, I'm a victim to my own feelings and I'm going to, you know, that's, I'm going to stay in that. I'm going to stay in that being a victim thing. And part of the, the challenge with that is if you become a victim in that, then you're not taking responsibility for how you're acting or how you're feeling. You're not taking responsibility for that. But the, the, the challenge that Jesus puts before us is that we have a choice that you can change your brain. You can Mm -hmm. change how you think you can, you can even change your feelings. And so, um, and that's why he encourages us to have the mind of Christ to think like Christ. But in order to do that, we have to choose that. And we have to be intentional on our thoughts. We have to think about what we're thinking about and realize, ah, man, that's a, that is like a really negative thought. And that's not what, that's not what Jesus would say. That's not what Jesus would do. So Jesus, show me how you want me to think. And then also looking at the word. I mean, we just read it through um, Philippians and, and Romans that uh, to think on certain things. He already puts it in black and white. You know, you're supposed to think on these things. So yeah. between hearing God's voice kind of nudging you, hey, you're, you know, that's not a very good way to think um, in the written word, then we have the ability and the power to be able to change that. And like I, and we've already kind of covered it, that Jesus is right there. He's, he's God with us and he, he wants to strengthen us and help us to make those right choices and to change our thinking patterns. And one thing I think we haven't mentioned too, is that, um, you know, a lot of times changing your thinking pattern takes time. Yeah. And so I'm in my fifties, I hate to admit it, but you know, I've had like (laughs) 50 years, I've had 50 years of of bad thinking. And so it's not going to be an overnight instant change. Like I change my thinking tomorrow on this one thing. It's a repeated, repeated, repeated decision to think and change my feelings, to think in a, in a way that Jesus wants me to think. But I have to be intentional with it, and I have to be consistent with it. Yeah. And I think we say in the journey of restoration, it takes, you know, the therapist and Dr. Lori says, it takes 21 days to create a new thought pattern, 21 days to create a new habit. And so it just takes time. And we have to be patient with that, but we have to be super intentional. And then you get to repeat that 21 days yeah. three times. Yeah. And then you get to repeat it for the rest of your life. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but then instead of like it feels clunky and awkward at first, because you're doing it again and again and again, it becomes like it becomes easier every single time you do it. And it feels like, oh, I'm I'm on a, a, a road, a real road instead of like walking through the high grass and stripping on rocks and making this new thought pattern. Now I feel like I'm on a path, which becomes this road. So it becomes easier the more we do it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's good. And I remember when I first like really got this whole concept of that I could just change my thoughts. Like I used to definitely be that person that felt like that victim Mm -hmm. to my feelings. I was victim to my world. I was victim to my circumstance. So you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. I woke up on the wrong (laughs) side of the bed. And Mm -hmm. then I would use that as a reason to just be in my feelings and to be rude to people or to put up walls or to choose not to connect in relationship or to, you know, wallow in kind of that self-pity and kind of in that self-doubt until 
one day it was just like, or you could get a new thought. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, oh, like, is it really that simple that I could really just actually just decide to get a new thought? Mm-hmm. And we live in a culture today where it's like, that wants to say, make excuses for all the reasons why you can stay in your hurt and your trauma and your circumstance and be victim to it. I mean, that's, they, yeah, there's plenty of things out there. But it's not to, to say that, that, you know, bad things don't happen to people. I mean, it's just a reality. Bad right. things happen to people. But how we handle the bad things, it's, that's what the difference is. And yeah. that's where the, um, the the real you know the rubber the rubber hits the road sort of mm-hmm. so to speak is how we handle the bad thing and so are we going to look to Christ are we going to get his uh, perspective on that incident or are we going to dwell on what he's saying about it what, and what the word says about him and about he's faithful and he's true and he's beautiful you know what I mean yeah where you fix your your mind on him or are we going to to choose to like you said wallow in the hard thing wallow in the yeah. Whatever the negative thing mm-hmm. on, that, on that is. And in the journey of restoration, Dr. Lori's like, it's like, if I sit here and like, it's not that I just need to stop thinking about one thing, but I need to get a whole to new replace, thought. I need yeah, to replace right. it. So if I'm sitting here and say, don't think about pink, don't think about pink, don't think about pink. What are we all thinking about? Mm-hmm. Pink. Pink. Rather than actually just saying, no brain, I'm telling you, you're going to think and meditate on blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. then you're not. You are so you can tell your brain what to so do. So you can tell your brain yeah. what you're going to focus on. Yeah. And then, like, I know for me, then when I get into those moments of wanting to, when I catch it, it's just about catching it. And you take that thought captive and you're like, oh, wait, hold on. That's not in line with what he's told me I'm allowed to think about. Mm-hmm. So what, I have a list. I'll have a list of replacement thoughts. And normally it's just scripture to meditate on and to get excited about. Mm-hmm. So like, what was it like to be the Samaritan woman at the well? And to really put myself in that story mm-hmm. and be like, I'm not going to think about this because I'm going to be so fascinated and focused on, man, what was she feeling? What was it like to literally be right in front of Jesus, having him know everything about her? And and what did it feel like to be Moses staring at a burning bush that wasn't catching fire? Like, what kind of awe and wonder and reverence was he feeling in those moments? And when you're focused on that, you don't even have time to ruminate. Yeah. And I like saying, like, again, not to say because not in denial or in whatever, but in this is how I'm going to respond to that circumstance. Mm Because I'm going to acknowledge it and I'm going to choose to figure out and see Jesus's perspective and think about what he's saying instead. And that's why that relationship is so important. Yeah. Because if you don't have that relationship... You just have this misconception. You got to carry it all on your own. Yes, that you've got to do it, and you know you got to figure it out. Yeah, and that's a lot of pressure. Well, that's heavy. Yeah, that'll crush you. Absolutely. Every time. You know, but I mean, he tells us that there's going to be bad things happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he gives us all the tools, but without that relationship, it's you don't know. You don't mm-hmm. know, and you don't know how to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's a really good segue, actually, into the very last um, last part. So we're going to look at part four of the relationship with Jesus and the devotional. And so, Sandy, will you go ahead and lead us into the next section? Okay. So it says, lastly, let's look at worry. Do people ever tell you that you worry too much? Do you know that 92% of what we worry about never happens? 
But what about the small percentage that does? Have you noticed it's typically not as bad as the scenario you created in your mind? There's an explanation. God gives us grace today for the things that we face. And so it says in Matthew 6, 25-33, And this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and, and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he'll certainly care for you. So why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above everything else and live righteously and then he'll give you uh, he'll give you everything you need. So tomorrow he'll give us grace for those things that we face tomorrow. So when we worry about something that might happen two weeks from now, we don't have grace for that. He doesn't give grace for something that's not happening. And so please don't misunderstand. I'm not talking about being concerned about something. There's a difference between worry and concern. In my professional opinion, fear, worry, and anxiety are some of the most powerful ways that the enemy infiltrates our life. So when we're focusing on the sky has fallen, the sky is falling, we're not able to walk in the fullness of Christ. Jesus didn't come to die for our sins, but he also came to set the captives free. That doesn't mean the big things. He wants us to be free from addiction, fear, anxiety, depression, worry, anger, and so on. The first step would be to examine your life. Are you in captivity? Jesus wants to set you free, and uh, we will. he will always do his part. Will you trust him in him today and lay those things down that you ruminate on, down on his feet, and focus on whatever's good and whatever's lovely? Yeah. And that all kind of goes back to then what, I mean, this all ties together. It goes back to what we're thinking about and those things. But I really like this whole idea of then that I don't have tomorrow's grace. I have the grace for today. And I have a, uh, it reminds me of one of my friends. She's super special to me. And she has lived kind of this like life where she's walked in relationship with Jesus for a long time. And I remember she was telling me that she had just um, adopted a son from the DRC in Africa. And she's a single, single person. So now she's a single mom with a new adopted son who she's still trying to teach English to. And she hears the spirit of the Lord say, quit your job because you're going to need to focus on this. Like, I want you to be there for milestones and to pour everything into your, your child. And so she does it, right? And then she said, after she did it, there was one day that she was worrying that she was stuck in that, well, how am I going to pay the bills now? Like, you told me to quit my job, now what? And so she laid out all of the bills on her table, and she took a step back, and she heard the voice of the Lord say, do you have everything that you need in this moment? And she said, well, yeah. And he said, then you're okay. And she went to bed. And I was like, well, that was easy. And she was <laughs> like, not because the bills went away, right? Not because I'm in denial that they're there, but I knew that I had everything in that moment. 
And then when it the time came, I know that if I was following him, like that I would always have what whatever that looked like. But I would always have what I needed in the moment. And it's hit me like a ton of bricks, like to start living in that area of grace for the moment and to be present in the moment with the Lord. And so Tracy, you wrote, you wrote this, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You wrote this devotional. And so that had to come from a place of experience, right? And so tell me a little bit, like, how has your life changed from like changed by living in today's grace versus living in tomorrow's worry? I think the, the biggest way is that incredible peace, you know, because there's, there's plenty to worry about. If you just, if you just spend any time, you can find all sorts of things to spend your time worrying about. There's plenty, but when we just know that he's got it and we really believe that his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts and that he's so much bigger and so much better than anything that's in this world. And we can, we take that pressure off of us. We don't mm-hmm. have to have all the answers. We don't have to have the solutions. We just get to press in and see what he says. Yeah. It really does just give us freedom because we can go on to focus on the things that he has before us instead of worrying about the things that may or may not ever happen. That or, may or may not even happen. And that we can't control. Yeah. You know? And so it's it's fantastic. I mean, there's just such a different level of freedom. Yeah. I know, like, I'd get into, I spend a time where every time a family member would say that they're going to the doctor, <laughs> I'd immediately, in my mind, already be planning their funeral. Oh. Like, already. And then... As we know from the journey of restoration, then I've just released all those chemicals in my brain as if it's actually happened. Mm -hmm. And then I've just put myself through two hours of grief Mm -hmm. for For, for no apparent reason. For no apparent reason. Well, and and I get it. I mean, don't. uh, Yes, I wrote it. And yes, I can live that out today. But I can remember Kenny and I will still laugh about our very first fight because we hadn't been married very long and we got in a fight over what we were going to have for dinner <laughs> and which is so silly and we were angry and and he had always kind of been one that would just he needed a minute he yeah. wanted to walk away before he said something he regretted and i was the type that no let's just talk about we're it and hash it right out now. and mm-hmm. then we're done that those two things don't go real well together. And so the first fight, he walks out of the house. And of course, his new bride starts crying. Right. And uncontrollably. And then he realizes that he forgot something in his car and he doesn't say anything. He just comes back in and grabs his keys and goes back outside. So in my mind, He's just left me. Oh, oh man. And so I'm sobbing and he comes back in and he's like, what just happened? You yeah. know, and because I just run into his arms and just hold him. I'm so sorry. Yeah. But all because I had created this scenario thing yeah. when he just forgot something in his car. Right. <laughs> oh man, that's rough. And yeah. so, but, but for people to understand that even once we have it 
somewhat together and we can do those things today doesn't mean I could always do those things. Yeah. You got to practice it. Yes. Work it out. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's what Sandy, you're, I mean, you and Tracy are very similar in a lot of ways as in you're running nonprofits, mm-hmm. you're leading people and Sandy, you've got all of these years of experience in missions, 42, I think. <laughs> you're just making me feel old. Yeah. <laughs> so Talk a little bit about what it's like living present in the moment with Jesus. Well, you know, we teach a lot of this sort of uh, these concepts within the journey of restoration, but it really, I mean, you got to live it out. You know, if you're going to teach it, that means you got to live it out and you got to be true to it. You got to be authentic to it. And that's what Jesus is calling us to anyway. He wants us to be really true with him and legit, you know, with him. Uh, from a heart level. And so there's going to be these moments, like you get some kind of push in your life, something difficult, and you got a choice. Even, even like us who teach this stuff, Mm -hmm. you still have a choice in front of you. Am I going to remember that God is faithful and true? And then he's, he's always been with me and he's been faithful and he's, he's, you know, provided for me or taking care of all my issues in the past or whatever the, you know, the difficult things are in the past. And he's, it's not like there's an expiration date on what he just did. You know, he's going to yeah. continue doing it, but it's still, I still have that choice. I still have that choice to make, mm-hmm. to be able to focus on him instead of the negative or focus on him instead of just wallowing in the hard thing that's in front of me. And so, you know, and then if you, if I just, you know, sit in that peace, like Tracy had talked about that peace of knowing him then I can hear that little voice that tells, that says in my heart, hey, I've got this. Not meaning mm-hmm. me. I mean, it's Jesus saying, hey, I've got this. So, um, you know, it, so it's just, it's still an intentional choice, even after years of uh, knowing what the word says and having experience with God. You still have that choice every single day to look to him and choose him. And really it's an all, it's a, it's a trust issue anyway, because all in all of this, in the, in the word uh, repeatedly, he's, Jesus is basically saying, are you going to trust me? Are you Mm going to trust me? And the deeper you get into relationship, you build that trust. And so there's going to be times when you have to like, just flat out say out loud, Jesus, I don't understand it, but I trust you in this situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just go with that. And that's when you don't miss him. Like if we get so caught up in in tomorrow, like we'll miss what he's doing in the present. Yeah. We'll miss his presence and we'll miss what he's speaking to us. And we'll miss what he wants to say to us in relationship. And we'll just miss these sweet, sweet moments. And I think also just as a side note that I know you two personally, right? Like I've experienced Mm -hmm. the both of you for several years now. And Sandy, I mean, I've just watched you literally handle a situation that I've never seen happen before in my life. And you handled it living in God's grace. But I mean, a car, a literal physical vehicle, a big SUV car just recently drove through the front of our Our building. building, (laughs) Drove through the front of our building at what, five o'clock in the morning? Yeah, it was like 5.15. I mean... It's just one of those, yeah, I didn't see that one coming kind of thing. Who would have? (laughs) When's the last time you saw a car in the middle of your living room or the middle of your meeting room, whatever, yeah. And there it is, basically in the lobby of one of our locations, a physical car, windows broken, tables turned over, chairs everywhere, there's glass all the way down the hall, 
Like, how did it even get there? There's dust and dirt on mm-hmm. all of our surfaces. And I remember I got here, not at 5 in the morning when y'all did, but I got here at 10. And I walk in, and you're happy as a clam, smiling. <laughs> and y'all said, Molly, you want donuts? <laughs> like, how do donuts sound? And I remember even in that moment just reflecting on just reflecting on the importance of the leadership that's in your life. Mm. Or if if you're someone who's struggling and walking it out in relationship or walking it out, living Mm. in grace to find leaders that live it out Mm -hmm. and to get under that, that you, if you're looking for a mentor or people that you look around you and you see the people who are doing it day in and day out and you decide if that's how you want to start living and you get under that. Mm-hmm. But I just remember Sandy, you weren't you weren't phased. The other co-founder wasn't phased. The staff wasn't phased. You were just all like, "Well, I wonder what God's doing." Like, yeah, but you know, it's not like any of us are like superhuman Christians and we got it all together. I mean, so we got there like pretty quickly. It was like I think it was five forty or something. And 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 then, I mean, the reality is, in my head, it was like. Okay, we have a car in the middle of the room. <laughs> it jumped over this three foot high curb, but I had to have this conversation. I had to decide pretty early on. I had to have this conversation with Jesus. Jesus, this is weird, and I don't understand it, and it's going to be an expensive fix. But I trust you in this. I'm choosing to trust you in this, mm-hmm. and I know that you're faithful, and you've been faithful to us for so many years. Mm-hmm. You're not going to change your mind now, and. And so I just trust you with this and I just give it to you. And I want to, I just want to rest in you in this. And so I had to, I even, you know, you I still had it. to make that choice. It's not like mm-hmm. there was some magic wand over me and I was superhuman in that moment. You know what I mean? We're just, right. we're just regular Joe Blow humans. And, but we just Walking have to make the out. choice to trust him. But as you, but as you made the choice in your own heart to trust him, I got to experience the fruit of that yeah. whenever you were patient and kind and gentle and loving, even in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and that's what the fruit is for other people. Like we get to set yeah, our minds right. on them. And then what we exhibit to the world. And now what I look at when I see that is a representation of Jesus. Yeah. Because that fruit mm-hmm. says that's how he is. That's the character. And that's, mm-hmm. and that's one of the reasons why in the Bible, the, there are so many tree analogies that, and the, the fruit that's hanging on trees is, is not for my, like if I'm the tree, the fruit is not for my benefit. Yeah. The, the fruit is for other, is for uh-huh. other people. It's mm-hmm. for the benefit of others, which is what Jesus did. He always lived selflessly. Yeah. My mind is being blown right now. <laughs> Why have I not heard that before? I don't know. <laughs> and I just said it and I was, but not, I didn't think about it with trees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And that's what we experience. And so when I walk in and you've set your sights on the Lord in your heart, mm-hmm. I just reaped the benefit but I'm, but of like, you walking. But I'm not like in my head when I make that intentional choice, make that intentional choice toward Jesus. It's not like I'm going through the thought process. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to look all awesome and everything to Molly so that oh, she'll yeah. learn something. It's, you know what I mean? So you don't even really see the repercussions of what you're doing, but it's there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Okay. So as we close out then today's episode, Tracy, do you have any parting words or final thoughts? I just want to encourage people that, you know, to always remember that it is 
definitely our salvation is great, Mm -hmm. but he has such a journey for us and he wants us to walk in that victory every single day. And it is possible. Mm -hmm. Just like you just shared with the story with Sandy and, and how not only how she was walking in that victory, but how it impacted you. Yeah. You know, and said so those things are beautiful and those are treasures that he has for us mm-hmm. along the way. If we will just take the time to enjoy it and to seek those out. That's good. Sandy, any final parting words? Um, no, I think we've covered it pretty well. I mean, just for me, uh, the word invitation just keeps mulling over my head. In other words, yeah. that Jesus extends this invitation over and over and over mm-hmm. and over. It, it's never forced on us. It's not like, hey, you, there's this rule and requirement that you've got to do in order to have a relationship with me. It's every single time it's an invitation. And that just to me shows the, the kindness and the gentleness and the mm-hmm. faithfulness of, of a creator God who could, who could like easily go down another path and be mean and vengeful. And, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it just shows the kindness of his heart that it's always an invitation. That's mm-hmm. good. So here's what I'm hearing is that we're created for relationship with our creator. That this is literally what we're made for, that we're meant to know him and walk with him and talk with him and experience him. And that he made a way for us to do that. And that, and that as we walk with him and know him in those moments and begin to trust him in relationship and know his heart and hear his heart for our lives and for the people around us, that the things that come out of us will exhibit his goodness and his character. And that the relationship is far more the most important thing for him. Is it he that's what he wants. And so as we just take a moment to wrap this up, I was just, can we just take a second and ask the Lord just a couple of questions? So if you'll just get to a place where you can respond and ask Jesus this question, let's ask him to reveal to us where we are in relationship with him. And there's no right or wrong answer, but just to be real before the Lord in your heart and in your spirit and let him tell you. And then I want you to ask him, is there anything that he wants to speak to you about or anything that you can do now to strengthen your relationship with him? Is there anything that he wants to speak to your spirit? And then to just respond to that. That's the invitation to just respond that you can't strengthen your relationship if you don't even really realize where you are in it. But as you let him tell you where you are and then just take those little steps to watch it grow. So Jesus, we just thank you for these, everyone who's listening. Jesus, we thank you that you love us and you know us. Lord, we ask that you would increase our ability to know you. Lord, we ask that you would reveal your heart and your character to us. That we would uh, know your voice and we'd listen and we'd follow. And Lord, that you would heal whatever relational wounds that need healing in us, that we would just break off all preconceived notions about who we think that you are, anything that we've tried to put on your character that was accusing or just not true. And Lord, that those things would fall off of us. And we just open our hands and our hearts now to say that we're ready to receive you.
and who you say you are. And we love you and we bless you in Jesus' name. So thank you guys for being here. Thank you, Dr. Tracy. Thank you, Sandy. Thank you. This has been awesome. Till next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.